Hey, everybody. Welcome to Keeping It Real, the IGN Movies Podcast. This is Jim Vavita, a.k.a. Stax. Uh, I am joined today... This is almost very, your Christian Bale. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm going to... Hello, Eric Goldman. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, Eric Goldman, our IGN TV executive editor, is sitting in for Mr. Chris Carl today, who is off uh, doing some cool things for a Blu-ray that... Uh, he can tell us about next week. Um, but, uh, you know, look, there was a lot that uh, a lot that was in the wake of, of Geek Movie News. Yep. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's start, as always, with last weekend's po- uh, podcast. Yes, let's listen to last week's. <laughs> yeah, last week's wow, this is box new, new office. Direction. <laughs> That's right. We're switching it up here. Uh, Expendables 2 stayed number one, second week in a row. Um, it made uh, $13.4 million. Uh, Born Legacy remained number two, and Paranorman remained number three. Born Legacy, 9.3. Paranorman, 8.6. Um, here's what Chris and I both uh, both guessed. I called Expendables 2, 14 million, so I'm pretty close. Winner. Uh, I called Born Legacy, second place, with 9 million. It made 9.3. Wow, look at you. Uh Chris had Expendables 2, number one, with 15.5. He had Born with 8.5. So we're both pretty close. But here's where we blew it, but not by too much. Uh, Premium Rush, we both pegged as opening at number three. I thought it would make $9 million. He said seven. It actually made $6 million, but opened in eighth place. Yeah. Paranorman it, stayed third. It was just... A terrible week for all the new releases. Oh, yeah. I mean, the best performing uh, new release was this uh, anti-Obama documentary. Yeah. And uh, it's expected to do well this weekend because the Republican National Convention's going on this week. And so there's a lot of interest in, in the uh, film right it's now. topical. Very topical. Yes. Um, let's see here. Uh, but enough about that boring shit. <laughs> <laughs> I won this weekend's podcast. Uh, that's the important part. thing. Yes, that's Jim right. Jim won. Look, I just wanted to get that out of the way and establish <laughs> it. Um, let's talk about uh, my favorite thing, Batman. Hmm. Uh, some rumors going around. What if Batman teamed up with James Bond? Like, what would you do? I would I would uh, <laughs> masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. That, that's A. That's it. The show is over. Right. That's right. No. To go. No, he's a truthful answer. I thought that was good. <laughs> Look, you people listening would do the exact same thing. Uh, let's see. Batman, uh, the Batman reboot. There's a rumor going yeah. around that essentially the Justice League movie will serve as the Batman reboot, yeah. introducing this new Batman into the team, and then he will get solo films after that. Uh, if true, what do you think of that, Eric Goldman? Well, you know, I do have to say, like, didn't we already kind of suspect this is what was going to happen? Like, you I know, did. Yeah, yeah. We, we already I mean, we knew. All did. Yeah, we already knew Justice League was the next movie they were trying to make happen after Man of Steel, and you know, and I, I had assumed there's no way they're going to leave Batman out of it. I'd seen you know because I've seen some people even in our comments be like, why don't they just not have Batman in it? Because he's Batman and because everything is so risky for DC right now. It's, it's like, like not having Iron Man on Avengers. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, they got to, uh, you know, because they haven't been able to launch these other series. So. Uh, you know, I, I think it it makes sense. You know, the biggest thing some people will say, of course, is like they did with Spider-Man, but even more so because this is such a beloved series is it's too soon and those were perfect. And then there, I even see people go way over the top with like there should never be another movie Batman. Well, I mean, there's something to be said for waiting 10 years yeah. or a generation before you do it again. But here's an idea for introducing Batman in JLA. Introduce Batman. Leave Bruce Wayne out of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you see Bruce Wayne one scene. Maybe he's on a TV or in a newspaper cover. But just give us what the caped crusader will be like. Yeah. You need to establish how this superhero will fit into this more fantastical, you know, multi-hero world. I do like that idea. I like the idea of less is more. Um, and, you know, because I think that they might be tempted to make it like Wolverine in the first X-Men and really put a focus on Batman. But I think... Have Batman in it enough that putting him on the poster isn't a lie, you know, that he's significant, but, yeah, that he's one of the team. Here's an idea. It opens with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Batman (laughs) getting blown away, comedian style, 
and uh, the rest of the heroes all have to band together. Right, right. And then a new Batman ends up in the scene. Since I don't think they're going to touch the Nolan <laughs> series. I don't think, but, and, that, uh, and that has to bring Bruce Wayne out of retirement. Oh, there you go. There you See? go. See? <laughs> I, well, I'm sure Warner Brothers would madness. be all for that, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I think you just you, you introduce Batman. And you leave the solo film, and however Bruce Wayne, whatever his arc is going to be this time, uh, maybe there won't be an arc. Maybe it won't be uh, another kind of um, anthology, really, in a way. It'll just be more episodic, just yeah. adventure, you know, this this year's adventure. Um, but we're actually going to have two Batman appearances in the next couple of years. The first one is going to be in the Lego movie. Yes. Now we knew that Will Arnett was voicing uh, the Lego Batman what if that pops that's up. That's the in definitive it? version. That would be amazing, <laughs> wouldn't it? You know? What if that's like? What if Will Arnett is the new big screen Batman? <laughs> right, right. They bring him. I mean, he's a tall guy. He's, he's got, got the, the voice. voice. He's yeah. got the jaw. He could do it. Yeah. Um, but Morgan Freeman, you know, Lucius Fox is going to be in the Lego Movie, and he's going to play this sort of uh, mystic uh, type guy. Uh, name uh, Vitruvius or so. I, I didn't write it down. I'm pulling it from memory. And then Elizabeth Banks mm-hmm. from Hunger Games Lovely, also going to be in there. And Chris Pratt is voicing the hero. You might know her as Betty Brandt. You might know her as Betty Brandt. <laughs> you might know her uh, from Man on a Ledge. You oh, might. no. Nobody would know her from that because nobody saw it. Uh, wah, wah, wah. Wah. Or you might know her as a crazy chick in uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin. Yes. And you should know her from Wet Hot American Summer one of the greatest comedies ever made. <laughs> and if you want to see Paul Rudd make out with Elizabeth Banks while she's covered in barbecue sauce on her face, that's the movie for you. I do want and to you see should that. want to see that. <laughs> that was the first of what have been about 57 Elizabeth Banks, Paul Rudd movies. <laughs> was that now, um, there was another uh, rumor making the rounds this weekend on the Justice League movie. First off, Ben Affleck uh, denied in, in the press uh, previous media reports saying that he had been offered it. He's, he said, I'm not doing it. Um, but now the rumor is that Lana and Andy Wachowski, mm-hmm. uh, the Matrix, Speed Racer, the upcoming Cloud Atlas, are at the top of Warner Brothers' wish list um, to direct JLA. And I... I it would seem to make sense that they would be on the studio's wish list, yeah. given their their extensive ties to Warner Brothers. They're, they're no strangers to to comic book movies, having done you know produced V for Vendetta mm-hmm. and you know Speed Racer. Yeah, it was anime, but you know close. They almost um, did uh, Captain Marvel Shazam. They right? and they well they almost did Plastic Man. Oh, I'm sorry, that, that's the one. That's what I meant. I remember yeah. reading that script like ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And I always thought it would have been funny if uh, Keanu Reeves, the most wooden actor, had played yeah. the most pliable superhero. But what do you think of the idea of Wachowski's doing? Are uh, they too left uh, left field? For no, I, I'm. I actually think it's kind of a cool idea. You know, and look, it's like I don't think the Matrix sequels are good, and I'm one of the people who thinks um, I didn't hate Speed Racer. In fact, there are parts of Speed Racer I think are really cool. But that's a movie kind of like I feel like Peter Jackson's King Kong where it, it needed a severe re-edit, like yeah. taking out giant chunks of the movie. Yeah. But I thought that there could have been a great movie if there In was that, a different yeah. version of it. Um, but look, they are visually awesome. Um, action they handle incredibly well. You know, Even in the Matrix sequels, which aren't great movies, the action is great. The third Matrix, which I think like most people is the worst, I still agreed with a lot of people coming out of it. It's like, wow – this you can really see how they could pull off great Superman flight fight scenes at this point. Watching yeah. the, the stuff with him and Smith flying around right, fighting. Right. So, you know, yeah. I mean, if it's if they working with a great script, whether it's their script or someone else's, I think that they could do a great job with Justice League. Okay. Now, since they work, uh, sometimes they work with the the same people. Yeah. Um, who from the the Wachowski sort of family could you see in Justice League? Could we see? Uh, you know, say Lawrence Fishburne pop up as Martian Manhunter, <laughs> even though he's Perry White in Man of Steel. Uh, no, for maybe, that reason. Maybe Harry Lennox. He, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't necessarily see people that they've worked with um, being the naturals for that. Joey you know. Pants is Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, because honestly, it's, it's sad but true. Um, Every one of the Justice League will be cast by younger actors and the people that they're most well known for, unless Emil Hirsch. Yeah, there you go, Flash. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see Emil. I mean, I could almost see. Yes, Keanu is pushing fifty. 
but I could see him involved in some regard. Yeah. I mean, also, we don't know who the villain is going to be. If right. it's Maxwell Lord, you right. could get somebody like that. Yeah, when, you know, when there was a talk about Affleck and the mandate, which I actually never believed that he had to be in the movie <laughs> if he directed it, we're like, yeah, well, what if he played like Maxwell Lord or something? It doesn't mean he has to be like running around in a costume in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so, but I don't think there are a lot of natural... You know, this Hugo Weaving could conceivably do a voice role in it, even though he's Red Skull. I mean, and the voice of Megatron, and and the voice of Megatron. But Megatron showed that they they can alter his voice radically enough that I I felt like uh, with the and not to get off in the Transformers movies too much, but I I never really got a sense that you needed Hugo Weaving for the voice of Megatron if you're going to alter his voice that much. It was really weird because yeah, that was one of those choices of. Why do something like that? Like, why not bring back Frank Welker uh, when not bringing him back will piss off some fans and getting Hugo Weaving, who's a great actor, but getting Hugo Weaving as the voice of Megatron and then changing his voice isn't going to bring in people. You yeah. know, no one's like, I wasn't going to go see Transformers, but then I heard Hugo Weaving was voicing Megatron. Yeah. You know? <laughs> now I'm going to go. So. Um, um, let's see. The other... Uh... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or just Ninja Turtles, as it's called in Michael Bay's world. Which I didn't read the specifics. I heard people talking about that. Well, let me tell you. All right, tell me about it. There's some bad script buzz out there. Um, This is the script that they pushed that has been Well, Michael Bay has now today uh, said that, oh, no, no, that's an old draft. That was before I came on, and the site that read the script and reported on it said, no, it's from January 2012, Mm. which is when you were on board. So somebody is fibbing. Uh, but basically, they were saying that in in this version, Shredder is human. Well, uh, he's named Schrader, and the Foot are instead of a uh, you know uh, robots or ninjas, they're a black clad special ops unit, and Schrader is their their leader. Yeah, the Schrader things would get me. Just... And then there's a whole kind of sci-fi interdimensional component, and yada yada. Mm. Uh, you, you know, I'm trying to be mindful of spoilers in case this this movie does indeed get gets made, and yeah. and this is anywhere close to the plot of it. But uh, you can go check out our report online. Um, you know, but it, it sounded ridiculously complex and convoluted. And, the and the other thing about it is. Um, you know the the negative of something like Batman Begins being successful, which is a great movie, and my qualms with the third movie aside, a great franchise, uh, is when you get what this sounds like is someone saying we need to make it more like Batman Begins and try to sell everything as more realistic. It's about Ninja Turtles, yes. so who love making, pizza? And yeah, Cowabunga. So making you know even if they don't even if they didn't love pizza and say Cowabunga, it is about mutated turtles uh, using martial arts. So <laughs> thinking that you can't have the villain be Shredder and he has to be a guy named Shredder is just stupid. Well, because... there's a bit of a twist there. Uh, all right, I could get into it if yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a bit of a. I'm twist still going to say it's stupid. Yes, well, it was stupid. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, let's see, RoboCop. Michael Keaton playing awesome. the villain. Awesome. Uh, Omnicore CEO uh, uh, Raymond Sellers. So they, they've changed the names of the guilty in this one. Um, Michael Keaton as the bad guy. Now, he replaces Hugh Laurie, yeah. um, who didn't end up sealing a deal for it. Uh, hell of a cast. You know, really Gary amazing, Oldman, amazing cast. Samuel Jackson. Michael uh, K. Williams. Michael K. Williams. Um, uh, Jackie Earl Haley. Mm-hmm. Abby Cornish. Uh, and of course, Joel Kinnaman playing Alex Murphy, but uh, the director, according to a filmmaker friend of his, is in quote hell yeah. because they are shooting down like almost all of his decisions and 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 uh, suggestions, and it sounds like it's being very micromanaged, very bureaucratic. Um, of course, who knows? Maybe there'll be a great movie still as a result of mm-hmm. it. But Hollywood does seem to have a track record of. Hey, you you cool up and coming foreign filmmaker, come over right, here to right. Hollywood and make a, a genre movie for us, and then we'll shit on you and scar you for life, and you'll never want to work in yeah. again. I mean, look, I'm sure there is some truth to that. I mean, this all came from who was it? Was it Del Toro? Fernando? Fernando. Uh, Mary, Mary. Yeah, another director who is friends with them saying, "Oh yeah, he's having a shitty time right now on RoboCop." And I'm sure that's true because I'm sure he comes from like foreign independent film to like here's the Hollywood system and and a franchise movie an important and it's name. MGM which yeah. is really trying to stay in the game now right so I'm sure there is 
dealing with like studio notes on a constant basis and all this. Um, but I'm more like, you know, well, yeah, let's wait and see. It could still be a great movie. Um, I don't know if you guys already talk about like the, the bad script review. Yeah. We uh, talked yeah. Uh, about some of it. I yeah. think it was, but we can get into it more cause I have a feeling they, they actually maybe only, you know, glanced over it, but basically one of the, the, the things in the, in the recent draft is that essentially RoboCop is a terrorist killing transformer in a way. There's a, a number of uh, incarnations of the of the the suit and the look, including one where he goes from like almost human to into like just transforms into basically this war machine. Yeah, I, yeah. It's like without getting too because you know it was uh, Drew McQueenie at, at Hitfix who read the script and wrote about his response. And he hated it. Uh, he just yeah. he just hated it. And he went pretty far like into spoilers for like pretty much the first half of the movie. So we don't need to go. Mind you, this is all on Twitter too, where there's yeah, no spoiler warning. Yeah, yeah. But um, reading what he wrote, I it, nothing I read made me go. I can't fucking believe that I'm out. Uh, I get, there were things about it where I'm like, yeah. Um, but there, there were things were, that made me groan. There were some things wins, that made me groan, but, but there nothing. were some things that he was really adamantly. And again, I don't want to get specific, but he got really angry about some sort of jokey things in it that I could see working depending on the spin they well, put on one it. One thing yeah. that uh, um, I didn't agree with him on was that the he didn't like that the Ed 209s were being used to. Uh, kill suicide bombers or something yeah. like that. But it would make sense in this day and age if it's supposed to be the, the near future that the movie yeah. is set in, that if you're going to create these sort of war machine things, you're going to have them in a war, and then you're going to... The way that, like, drones are now being deployed yeah. in, in the U.S. to, to you know, uh, watch the borders and things yeah, like yeah. that, you're going you're gonna to have something that had an initial military application being used in law enforcement. Yeah. I just felt like I know Drew, I like Drew, but I felt he was much more like upset about any changes than I am. Like, you know, as far as and I do think, you know, Robocop like anything, you know, the original was a very much a product of its time as far as the things it was parodying were a response to what was going on in our world. So it makes sense if Robocop two thousand and thirteen is, you know, a a reflection of and a parody of stuff going on now. So right now I'm oddly perhaps optimistic about this movie because I am so intrigued by everything going on with it. And I want to believe um that Fox Mulder was right, but I also want to believe that uh, <laughs> uh, that it's going to be an X Men First Class situation where there's a lot of like naysayers, a lot of people saying, you know, yeah, there's a talented director, but there's no way they can pull together a good movie th- with what's going on. And then it's like, I mean, this guess was what? It's about really Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh too. yeah, yeah. I mean, there were a lot of yeah. uh, bad incarnations yeah. of of that script along yeah. the line. Because nothing I've heard, including oh, the director is you know having issues with the studio or. The response to that script that I read, none of it for me was like, oh, shit. You know, and I, certainly we have those moments like, I, you know, it's a funny movie to bring up with this. But, like, yeah, I read I read the G.I. Joe script and there were things, has a big fan of G.I. Joe. I was like, no. Like, you know, <laughs> no. Uh, but I haven't had that yet with RoboCop. Uh, and so, yeah, we'll see. You burned Stephen Summers in effigy. Yes, yes. Um, I, I do uh, wonder, though, uh, the, to me, the, the make or break thing is going to be. The minute they put out the first image of RoboCop in mm-hmm. the suit, um, if that look isn't as immediately cool and, and potentially iconic as the original, yeah, um, that's going to bug me. The the one line from that Drew tweeted about from the script that I I, I, I didn't like is that you know they bring out a design at one point of the original RoboCop suit. And somebody, you know, is laughing like, what is that supposed to be, an 80s toy? Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, I'm sorry, that RoboCop no. look is still pretty It holds damn up. Cool. It's, it's, it's a, it is a great-looking design, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So th- that's the one thing where it's like, okay, that needs to go. That, yes, That yes. line has to go. Um, let's move on. The uh, Star Wars 3D. Yes. Now, you were at Celebration, Star Wars Celebration, all I last was. week. Why don't you tell folks something about the uh, the movie side of it and, and what you saw and some of the news that came out of it? Uh, on the movie side, you know, the 
They announced that they had already completed seven through nine, and they're coming out at Christmas. Uh, no, <laughs> no, um, they, uh, no, they, 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 there was the one. Brett Ratner pulled it out for them. You know? <laughs> the one scheduled th- movie-oriented panel was for Star Wars 3D. And you know, it's kind of funny. I, I meant to talk to you about this beforehand, but I was so busy before I went to celebration. Is that, you know, when they announced uh, Phantom Menace 3D was coming out, they didn't commit to promising the rest of the movies. They even, I think. Acted like we'll I, see. I thought that, yeah, I thought they you know, said something like, you know, every six, other year we'll do one or something I, they, like, they, like they were going to try and milk it. For well, them. no, I think I think it was every year is what we assumed yeah. and they kind of insinuated, but they also didn't like 100% confirm they were doing them, um, even though you kind of knew they were. I mean, Phantom Menace 3D did okay, did decent, yeah. but it wasn't, you know, no. I mean, people stopped talking about yeah, it. Yeah, but a lot of people talked about how. Um, you know, because a lot of, you know, uh, the gut reaction of fans is like, you know, oh, man, they're putting out the prequels first. I just want to see the originals. And I agree with some people saying, well, this is actually the smarter way to do it because everyone loves the originals more. So if you put the originals out first and then the prequels, no one would go to the prequels. Mm-hmm. But you start with Phantom Menace, which is the least liked movie, and you build towards Revenge of the Sith, which is the most liked of the prequels. And then you open A New Hope, which is going to do the best of all of them no matter when they put it out. Yeah. But it's like it probably helps the prequels. But to there's build. there's a technical reason for that as well. And also I feel like a very yeah. smart um, commercial reason for that, which is the younger filmgoers that are going to the movies grew up with the prequels. Yes, yeah, that's their series. I mean, yeah. that's you, you. You want them. You want yeah. those people to, to to spend money to go see these movies. And also, and and you can talk a little bit more about this because it was uh, one of the uh, talking points at that at that panel. I understand is. You know, the prequels are recent. They're digital. Yeah. You mm-hmm. can do a 3D conversion much better than movies from 1977 or yeah. 1980 shot on film and, you know, a lot of the original elements. Yeah. There, there's so much more work that has to go into separating these Way things. more work, yeah. So um, they, uh, yeah, so they did the panel for – it was really to show off uh, Attack of the Clones 3D and to do a preview for that. And so they, it was Dennis Mirren uh, and John Knoll from ILM. Dennis Mirren, if you're a big Star Wars fan, you probably recognize his name. He worked on every single Star Wars movie. Uh, and Knoll came on and worked. He kind of looks like Trinity from, from uh, Dexter. Okay, okay. I, I thought you were going to say Matrix. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, and John Knoll uh, is a more recent guy, but he worked on all the prequels. And so they talked about it, and um, they showed a t- uh, they showed a sizzle reel for Attack of the Clones. So it wasn't just a trailer; it was actually taking you through the movie, but in you know short vignettes, short basically showing you highlights of the movie, little scenes. What was that like? Ten minutes long? Uh, it was probably about eight minutes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some of them were very short, and then some were long. Like we we saw the entire Dooku uh, Yoda fight, oh, nice. and then some other things were quicker than that. But. Um, How's the little green guy look in 3D? He looks good. He looks good. But the main thing I will say is I saw Phantom Menace 3D in the theater and was very unimpressed by the 3D. Um, and I'm someone in general, by the way, who's become very cynical about 3D and very just like it, it's it's not – I don't really need it and I don't seek it out for the most part even though I, I can still – I even felt like that about Avengers, which I Oh, love. yeah. Yeah, same here. Same here. Like I still get it when it's really well – like, you know, Transformers 3, say what you will about the movie, had some pretty great 3D, you know, and I, I could see that, you know. But at the same time, I still didn't need to seek it out. Um, and if I didn't see Transformers 3 at a press screening with 3D, I might not have seen it in 3D. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Phantom Menace 3D – it it didn't look impressive. It didn't look bad. It wasn't like an ugly conversion like Clash of the Titans. It looked clean and clear, but it looks like that if you watch it in 2D, you know? Right, right. And, and nothing was really jumping out at you. And even though they say it's about it being immersive, it just it really didn't – it wasn't that immersive or special looking in 3D. Uh, again, putting everything aside about what you think about the movie. <laughs> just talking about the 3D. Right. The footage from Attack of the Clones was instantly a huge improvement. I mean, yeah. just from the opening shot, like they showed the Padme's ship flying down. The ship's wings seemed to be coming off the screen. Nice. Um, and there were a lot of moments they, they showed Camino and the establishing shots of the waves. And the, it really looked like the waves were in front of you. And it was a major, major difference, a major improvement. And I was much more, you know, as someone who's pretty, you know, 3D out, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool, especially for a movie I'd seen so many times. You know, How about, you know? uh, no, anything from Sith? Well, what happened was uh, the way they did it uh, was, you know, is a fun little surprise because they did that panel on Saturday with Attack of the Clones and, and showed that footage. 
But then Sunday night, uh, well, Sunday late afternoon was the closing ceremonies for the entire celebration. And I went to that, and they give you 3D glasses you're going in. And I go, ah. I go, so they could just show us the Attack of the Clones footage again. That's very possible because I know everyone wasn't at that panel. But is there anything else? And then sure enough, uh, they they ended up saying like, hey, you know, did did some of you see the Attack of the Clones footage in 3D? Yay. But okay, but some of you didn't. Plus, I think, you know, you want to watch again. Let's show it to you again. And let's show you something from Revenge of the Sith. And so nice. it was the, it was very short because it was the same reel for clones, but then has it faded out from uh, the final thing that they showed us in, from clones was the uh, the end with uh, the de- the Star Destroyers taking off and Palpatine looking down. Then it faded out and it faded in to the flying behind Anakin's ship at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith into what I hope you all agree, again, whatever you think of Revenge of the Sith, which I happen to really like that movie – Amazing visually that opening battle where just like above Coruscant, how yeah. much was going on, and I will say it looked fucking awesome in 3D. Like it, <laughs> it they show anything from the 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 Obi Wan? No, that's all Anakin they showed. Fight? It oh. was it was a tease. It was it was that that it was just that. I sh- bet you that sequence is going to yeah. rock in 3D. It was really them. it was literally the opening shot because it was following their ships down and then the pan around to Anakin's canopy. Uh, nice. that was, yeah, that was. But it really was cool. And did you feel like Hayden Christensen was right there in front I of I did. Like, I could grab him and kiss him. Uh, <laughs> or strangle him. Yeah. I don't know yeah. which. And then the big announcement they made, uh, because this whole time was like, when are these? When, it, when is Attack of the Clones 3D coming out? And I remember answering people on Twitter all weekend because I was tweeting from the panel. They're like, hey, when is it coming out? I go, oh, they haven't said. And I thought they were going to say at the Attack of the Clones panel, and they didn't. I go, but I'm assuming February. Like, I'm thinking it's going to be every February for six years as a three, you know, because that's when Phantom Menace came out. They saved it for the closing ceremony, and it turned out it was like a it was a two part surprise because the first surprise was Attack of the Clones 3D September twentieth two thousand thirteen, and I was like, oh, so it's that's weird. It's a longer wait than you'd expect, a year and a half from Phantom Menace, and so it's not coming out in February. But then the big surprise after that was Revenge of the Sith 3D. October 11th, 2013. So three weeks later. It's yeah. three weeks apart for these two suckers uh, are coming out. That is pretty impressive. It, uh, yeah. it, it's going to be much more of, the, of an event. I, I think it's a very smart thing to do because uh, I don't think I, – I, again, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. And maybe, they'll re- maybe they'll release the original trilogy 3D Life and Special put, Editions. Uh, Phantom Menace back out maybe a few weeks before Attack of the Clones? I don't know if they'll do that. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it, it works on a lot of levels because, yes, people are just not going to be as excited about the prequels. And so in a way it's kind of like get, get – get, Get done with them for the most the people who are most like fuck those movies. Let's get through them, but at the same time, it does make it more of an event. It's like see them both, you know, in the theater. Now, I I think there's also another reason why they're they're pushing the 3D conversions, which is 3D televisions coming up, and now you're going to want to put out the the Blu-rays again in 3D. I'm sure. I mean, obviously, that's so. I mean, there's a lot of commercial considerations. Yeah. My big question is, yeah, will the original trilogy go back to one a year, or will they do it like the special editions, which remember special editions came out within about six weeks of each other. They were staggered over like a few weeks. So um, we'll see how they do that. But the main thing to take away is that. So, so Attack of the Clones looks like a really good 3D uh, conversion, way better than Phantom Menace, and that quick tease of Revenge of the Sith and seems to be the same. But they mentioned, John Knoll mentioned, these are more recent films, uh, and so it helps the more recent they are. The assets are more recent. They, he didn't mention it, but those two were the only two shot digitally. Phantom Menace was not shot digitally. Yeah. Uh, so how good can they do on the original trilogy, which are way older movies. And like Jim mentioned, uh, you do not have digital elements that are easy to pull apart, you know, to and work even, on. Even at the time, you know, watching those movies, you could see the matte lines mm-hmm. around the effects. I mean, yeah. you know, obviously the special editions clean that up, Yeah, but a whole generation of people grew up used to the idea of these kind of like ghostly boxes around yeah. the ships when they flew. I, in my child, my child's imagination just told me, "Oh, those are the shields." Right, right. You know? that's, that's nice of you. you know, that's it. George, if George Lucas had right, just right. said that, people, no, man, they have to be in there. Those are the, the shields. shields. Yeah, um, <laughs> I will say that uh, it was, you know, as they mentioned that, you know, they, John Nolan and Desmond were saying they they feel like people think that it's like, you know, 
a 3D conversion is like a simple thing, like flip the 3D switch, and you really got an idea because they showed you side-by-side comparisons of how much work goes into converting this to 3D and especially what they're doing. And for instance, on Attack of the Clones, um, like they showed you the fact that there's that shot, that profile shot of Palpatine looking down, you know, where uh, Bail Organa hits his fist in silent protest against what's happening. When a shot like that, where they're turning into 3D, kind of changes the perspective of those characters a little bit, and it was leaving emptiness behind them. They were, there was suddenly nothing behind them, so they had to go and digitally fill in the wall behind them and oh, that wow. stuff. And so there's like a lot of like weird little stuff they have to do on the, on these That's things. Interesting. Yeah, That's interesting. Yeah. That's really weird. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move on from Star Wars and talk a little bit about uh, Marvel stuff. Um, Never heard of that company. No, this yes, it's a small <laughs> up and comer. Uh, now, Avengers and Shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some deleted scenes from Avengers that have made their way online this week. Uh, a couple of them have already been pulled, but the one that's still out there is this very gloomy opening sequence that was cut. Yeah, and it, and it featured Kobe Smulders' character of Maria Hill, the Shield agent, and basically, it's the aftermath of the whole alien invasion. Very grim, very um, we've survived the apocalypse, but who can we blame for it? Yeah, yeah. Very different Bad vibe. shit went down. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it, it's tonally, it would have set that movie off in a very strange note, I think. Yeah. Uh, um, but you, you uh, read today about uh, a couple of other reasons why that scene was cut. Yeah, well, we didn't did an interview about it, and he said that, yeah, he thought that, you know, and they got this response from some people when testing, and, you know, sometimes testing can get like a, you know, people like say, oh, testing is horrible, but, I mean, he didn't seem to think, he, he agreed with people basically saying that to begin the Avengers, specifically the Avengers, a movie that everyone is looking forward to because they've seen these characters in other movies and they're going to come together with this specifically because only Maria Hill is in that opening scene. Col- well, Coulson couldn't be, but you know, Nick Fury <laughs> isn't around. None of the Avengers. Are- you you get a glimpse in profile of Captain America. A glimpse. Well, in, in the kind of montage, yeah. yeah. But yeah, to open with on Maria Hill specifically, uh, with like a lot of weight and importance, was kind of you know a disconnect for the audience because it's no one they're familiar with, and she kind of seems like the focal point. Not to mention the fact that you know in a movie that has to sort of slowly build to the team coming together, it was another obstacle to that happening. And also it puts the, it's, it's all about Nick Fury too, that scene in a way. And it's, he's not, he's not really why you're going to see the Avengers. No, no. And and while the tension between, it's like opening a bond movie with, uh, somebody like the minister of defense talking about M. Yeah. Yeah. With a passing shot of bond. It's like, you wouldn't do that. No, no. And, uh, and yeah, you know, Although we'll see what Skyfall. We'll see. We'll see what Skyfall. <laughs> and you know, and, and so Whedon ultimately said that he's like, you know, ultimately I think this plays better as a deleted scene on the Blu-ray now that you know who she is than you would in the movie. And the only thing he didn't mention that I, as a fan of the comics, felt is, well, it's too bad because clearly uh, that scene gave her more of the comic book character, which is in the comic books, she and Fury have a very difficult relationship, and she's constantly questioning him and really at odds with him and doesn't like the way he does gets things. Gets his job eventually. Yeah, gets his job eventually. This scene, definitely it was establishing, and I'm assuming there was probably other material that went with that But that couldn't that scene yeah. technically be used if, if, say, Captain America 2 is going to be more S.H.I.E.L.D.-centric? Yes. Couldn't yeah. you take that scene and work it into Captain America yeah, 2? Yeah, you could have, have it open with that. Yeah. She doesn't mean she has to be in the rest of the movie. Yeah. Maybe she pops well, up once or twice. But there's rumors that she is in the movie anyway, yeah. and she signed a nine-picture deal. So, so, <laughs> so she got she to gotta eat. She got to go yeah, yeah. Now, let's talk a little bit about uh, Kobe Smulders. And, and I'm going to leave most of this for your, your channel surfing. She is very tall, and her legs go on forever. <laughs> They're like telephone poles of glory. Um, Whoa! <laughs> um, and she's very sweet because she's Canadian. She is very. She is very um, now, S.H.I.E.L.D. is getting a TV series. Uh, you, you're going to talk about this, I'm sure, in your channel surfing podcast. Um, uh, so we can talk about it a little bit here. I don't want to kind steal of... steal my thunder, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't want to steal your stuff. We can talk about uh, it. But, you know, how do you think, uh, you know, Joss Whedon uh, is going to be the, the essentially the overlord, creative uh, consigliere, as he mm-hmm. put it, uh, for Marvel for the next at least three, three years? years yeah. How do you think this S.H.I.E.L.D. TV series that they're going to do um, will affect the Marvel movies 
or characters that maybe might not be big enough to really get their own movie or just use the TV series as almost trial balloons. Yeah, it's, it's, I think that's definitely got to be a part of it. Um, you know, Whedon, uh, who is, you know, not getting specific at all about plot or characters, did stress that it would be autonomous from the movies, uh, which I take, you know, which I believe him. But I think I'm sure that means more story-wise. Like I don't think they're going to try to do a complicated thing. And when you think about the schedules of TV shows versus movies, how it would probably drive them crazy if they did try to like have a season of S.H.I.E.L.D. with a cliffhanger that is resolved in the next Marvel movie. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be that. On the other hand... If they do do that, you know who's going to be pissed off most? The guys who are trying to make Dark Tower. Right, right. Like, F you, man. Yeah. That was our idea. So I don't think they're going to do that, and I think S.H.I.E.L.D. will have its own storylines that are you know resolved within the TV show. But on the other hand, it's certainly going to be a big way uh, entree to other Marvel characters and to have someone show up for an episode or two if you want and establish who they are, what they're all about, and now they're out there. Yeah. And they could show up in an Avengers movie. They could get their own movie eventually. And it's much, now, you know... Are, are, is there, um, you know, what, what are, say, the four characters, five characters that you would absolutely love to see included on S.H.I.E.L.D.? Um, go. Man, this is difficult because <laughs> I can't. I can. Well, if you want to think about yours, I'll rattle off mine. All right. Quick. All right. I want to see Contessa. I want to see um, uh, what's his face, Quartermain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I want to see uh, Hank Pym. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see Jessica Drew and maybe Sharon Carter. Yeah, Sharon Carter is a big, you know, I want to see Sharon Carter no matter what. Um, it's just, it's really a question of do they save her introduction for a Cap sequel? Yeah. Uh, and it seems very likely she could be in Cap 2, just, again, de- depending on how much they pull from the Winter Soldier comic books. Uh, what, but, now, do you think the Winter Soldier could be part of the S.H.I.E.L.D. storyline? TV series. I mean, Sebastian Stan is a TV actor. He is doing a lot of TV. Yeah, it's funny because, I mean, he's actually doing more TV right now I mean, than anything. Wouldn't that be kind of an interesting that would be conduit? Interesting. I mean, he signed a nine-picture deal. Yeah. He's not going to be in nine movies. No, no. I mean, yeah, he's got yeah, he's got a nine-picture deal, but they probably will not use him for that. That's actually a really cool idea. Um, I don't think that would happen. I, I say this What now. if he is like, uh, like he's essentially what... Um, Damian Lewis is on Homeland. He's the one they're all <laughs> hunting, but it turns out, or not like Homeland, but he he uh, they end up bringing him into the fold maybe right. by the end or something. That's very possible. I I have a feeling on screen wise they'll save him returning for Cap Two, but who knows what happens after that? I also think again you can be autonomous plot wi- plot wise, but you can still name drop. You can still yeah. mention things. You can still say. That asshole Steve Rogers. Well, no, or you could say that someone got assassinated uh, by the Winter Soldier. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, just that something's out there. Oh, I'm, I'm expecting a lot of those sort of like wink, wink, nudge, oh, yeah. nudge things. Again, or, yeah. If, and again, you know. You, you there's can, an occult specialist in Greenwich Village. Right, right, like right. That. Dr. Yeah. Steven Strange. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to do that. What about uh, like Ant-Man? I mean, he, he now we, we know that movie's coming out in 2015. He's he. Do we know that? I think have they committed? Yeah, to I think that, right. that was a a, a, a recent report. Um, but could you technically introduce Ant Man, who has you know different incarnations of that character, you know has ties to uh, Ant Man has ties to Shield? Could you introduce that character? on S.H.I.E.L.D. and then spin them off into the movie. Yeah, you could. I think it'll be a lot of... And this is where it is cool having Whedon involved and the fact that he's going to be this sort of go-between with all this stuff is he'll watch out for the filmmakers doing the movies because, you know, and I think Feige and some of these guys have even talked about, it's like you want to don't want to step on toes too much. Like you don't want to tell Edgar Wright this is the star of your movie. You know, yeah. We, yeah. we cast this guy and he's going to be on one episode of our TV show and then you have to use him. Edgar Wright needs to be involved in picking the lead of his movie. Right. Uh, but with Whedon kind of being involved in all of it, being friends with all these guys, there's much more of a chance of like, let's, Edgar, let's find your Ant-Man. And once you pick your Ant-Man, then we could put him on S.H.I.E.L.D. Right, you know, right. stuff like that. You know? I mean, I, I think uh, Henry Pym doesn't necessarily have to be 
Ant-Man, but it mm-hmm. would be an interesting... You, you're going to need some sort of Q-slash-egghead type yeah. scientist character on that show. It's just a given. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know? definitely. And so why not have yeah. Hank Pym? And, of course, it's not impossible to introduce completely new characters. Coulson was a new character, but, I, you know, of course, there's going to be a ton of familiar ones. Amongst... You mentioned a lot of people I want to see. I think the Contessa is almost a gimme um, because... Again, we have no idea how much uh, – like Samuel Jackson. Will Samuel Jackson be on this TV show? I would assume he will not be a series regular, but would he agree to p- be in the pilot and maybe pop now, up now would and again? They, would they do the sort of thing like they did in the Avengers movie where you see the, the people's faces on the screens, but it's their silhouette? Oh, yeah, and yeah, And you yeah. get the, the guy with the Samuel Jackson-sounding voice mm-hmm. from, from the cartoons? Or or do you just get Jackson to do a voice? You know, it's again – but I think more likely – the most likely scenario is you get Jackson in the pilot, and maybe he pops up every couple of years or a couple times a year. I'm going to take a 12-month vacation. Well, no, no, because it doesn't have to be that. Like, it's a global force, so, you know, he could be out doing other things, and this group could be a different group. Uh, but the Contessa, who in the comics is a higher-up, who has like a sort of romantic, you know, chemistry with with Fury, she could be an authority figure easily. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's too bad with Kobe Smulders and How I Met Your Mother. That, well, that's a big question, too, because, yeah, How I Met Your Mother has another year, and then maybe it might get renewed again. And so, because this show was most likely going to debut fall 2013, Kobe Smulders' availability is still a big question mark that we don't know. Uh, but the other character I want to mention uh, that I'd love to see on this show is Jimmy Woo, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., who uh, was the lead in a comic I really love, Agents of Atlas, which was this crazy comic book using characters from the 50s like Gorilla Man and the Living Robot. <laughs> and uh, But Jimmy Woo was kind of this uh, badass uh, Asian Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the center of it alongside these insane characters. And I think it'd be fun to have a character like him. And we mentioned uh, there are several characters that you can introduce that could later become super superheroes if you chose to or even supervillains or supervillains but i'm you know specifically thinking of people like bobby morse uh who's mockingbird wendell vaughn who's quasar jessica drew you mentioned who've all been agents of shield in the comics and could be introduced just as those people and then you could always have it in your back pocket whether it be on the shield series or in a movie that that same actor play that character and something happens to them and then they become the superpower well now what about um mockingbird would be a pretty great Black Widow substitute as far as, like, that kind of, you know, character. And also, I mean, you could conceivably get Jeremy Renner to pop up for a couple of cameras. Yeah, yeah. You never, you never know. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's move along from things, all things Marvel. I want, uh, well, actually, no, let's not. Because Stan Lee mm-hmm. did an interview, and he mentioned the Marvel movies, past Marvel movies, that it turns out he didn't love as much as he... Maybe led on in the past. Yes, yes. Daredevil, he thought was badly written. It was too serious. That's not how I wrote the character. No, it's how Frank Miller wrote the character. But okay, Stan. Yeah, that movie's problem was not that it was too serious. It yeah. just wasn't well done. Um, and then he also didn't like, and I agree with him on this one, uh, he didn't like the way Doctor Doctor Doom was oh, portrayed yeah. in Fantastic Four. I don't know anybody who does. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You talk to people about Fantastic Four, and they'll be like, Human Torch was great. Some people like the thing. And then that's about it as far as dead-on characters and as far as dead-wrong Doctor Doom, I think, oh, would be the top of the it list. Was, uh, it was awful. Um, uh, let me just write off a couple of uh, quick news items. Um, actually, maybe, yeah, just two. Middle Gear Solid is going to get its own movie. Uh, it's been rumored uh, a lot in the past, but it, now it looks like it was announced at a convention that uh, Avi Arad, the producer, used to run Marvel Studios, uh, but is the producer of Amazing Spider-Man and Fantastic Four, is going to produce it with uh, Columbia Pictures. Uh, no word yet if David Hayter, who voiced Solid Snake, is going to be involved. Uh, he's a successful screenwriter now um, and is actually directing his uh, his first feature film. Uh, a lot of people will be like, you got to get him to play Solid Snake. He looks nothing like that. No, guy. he does not. Yeah. So, no, he's not <laughs> going to be Solid Snake. Um, I don't know who you would get for that. You'd need almost like a, a young Dunk Kurt Russell. Russell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, Aaron yeah. Eckhart, maybe. Yeah. You know, maybe. maybe. Although he's a little pro, he might even be a little too long in the tooth now. He's in yeah, his mid forties, yeah. and he was in uh, Battle Los Angeles. So I can say, you can already hear people say, "Oh, great! <laughs> I guess he's going to have another lame speech to the troops." 
I didn't see Battle of Los Angeles, so well, I wouldn't say that. Well, there you go. Uh, and then uh, Console War. Sony has bought up all these URLs for a Console War movie. I didn't hear about this. We don't know what the hell Console War movie means. Is it going to be an animated movie? Is it a documentary? Uh, could you actually do almost like a late, a late shift style movie about the, the wars between like PS3 and Xbox. I mean, I it's, mean I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I would think. I, mean, I would imagine PS3 would win that yeah. one, considering I mean, Sony. You said uh, late shift, which works as analogy, but I would also think for them they'd think of social network. Cause yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, taking something that your average person might not think another they, Sony movie. Yeah, they, they, my average person might might not think would be a great movie, and then be like, no, but you might get really into this. Like. Oh, do you think Aaron Sorkin will become involved <laughs> and just as an excuse for hating on? All things new media. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, let's. Uh, uh, one last thing before we get to start wrapping up. But um, Beverly Hills Cop. Mm-hmm. Now, big. That's all I wanted to do. I just want you to <laughs> sing the song. Um, uh, you just say movie titles and I'll do the theme. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, um, uh, I was going to stump the band and say "Born Identity," but see if you could do that Moby song. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, let's get back to what we're um, Beverly Hills Cop, obviously, it was a successful movie uh, franchise. It's going to get turned into a TV series. I'll let you talk in your own podcast, obviously, about all that. But what do you think about the idea of Eddie Murphy taking this character to the small screen? He won't be the, the focal point yeah. of it, though, from what I Look, um, I, and yeah, the main thing I'll say is the reason I'm now incredibly interested in this is Sean Ryan. Uh you know, Betty Murphy talked about this as a possibility a year ago when he was promoting Tower Heist. And A, it kind of sounded like a pipe dream that wouldn't happen. And B, it was like, whatever. Um, but then you say that the creator of The Shield uh, and Terriers and the Chicago Code is the guy who's going to write and produce it. You have my interest. And yeah, a lot more than Brett Ratner directing Beverly yeah. Hills Cop 4. Yeah, especially um, as, as great as a show as The Shield is, it's so gritty and intense and not at all what you want Beverly Hills Cop to be. But Terriers, which is a little scene show, and I will use your movie's podcast to plug, and I believe it's on Netflix you, streaming you now. You love this show. You and Fowler oh, yeah. about it. And Fowler even more than me, but I freaking loved it. It's a great show, and it actually is the exact kind of tone that you want Beverly Hills Cop to be, which is like... The crime stuff is played real, but it's got a funny quirkiness to it, and and there's a buddy cop element to it. Uh, really great show, thirteen episodes. Check it out. Uh, Short lived. Uh, so. Here's he, he, in just on a on a, a local business level thing. Beverly Hills Cop would actually be one of the few big TV series to shoot in L.A. if they actually are going to do it. You know, not uh, Vancouver to, could double for yeah, Beverly Hills. Yeah, they're going to send it to Vancouver another <laughs> Look, one. Look, if Psych can film in Vancouver and be set in Santa Barbara, <laughs> and do you know that they take, uh, they have like three or four palm trees that they take in a truck everywhere they go? <laughs> True story. It's like, it's like incredibly the... Incredibly uh, rainy, overcast Santa Barbara. Well, I guess it, it's it's like It's like that green Volkswagen and Bullet. Yeah. Where it's like throughout the whole car yeah, chase, yeah. you keep seeing the same, the same car. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I think that's going to about wrap up this week in news. There were a couple of other things I was going to mention, but uh, it's late in the day here. So let's talk about what's opening up this weekend. We have, this is going to be a tough one to predict. We have Lawless, I'm gonna do Tom Hardy, this. Shia LaBeouf. We have The Possession. And just to throw a ginormous wrench in the machine, announced today The Avengers being re-released into 1,700 cinemas this weekend yeah. just for uh, Labor Day weekend and throughout the rest of the week. And then plus, Oogie Loves in the big <laughs> bottled adventure. That's what I'm going to. Cause yeah, I Cloris mean. Cloris Leachman, Chaz Palminteri, I'm in. Yeah, and who is the other guy? Uh, um, uh, Christopher uh, Lloyd. Lloyd. Oh, Tony my God. Braxton, Jamie Presley. Uh, oh, God. Uh, well, the marketing visionary that yes, brought you teletext. You guys have to look up it, it's trailer. Oogie Loves. Uh, go to uh, YouTube because there's no way we're carrying this trailer. <laughs> <laughs> we should have, though. We should have. We should have done a rewind. Uh, I mean, my uh, God, we missed out. We, 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 we really dropped the ball really, on this really one. really did. But it, it says. <laughs> From the, you know, usually they say from the makers of or from the studio that brought you. No, this is from the marketing visionary behind Teletubbies. <laughs> yes, and we just we couldn't believe it. it um, so I think I'm going to say possession number one because it's opening up in about twenty eight hundred. Yeah, screens. I do think possession too. And you know what's funny? 
people like their freaking exorcism movies. Like, they do. yeah, like those are dependable performers. You know, <laughs> what can I say? The the devil makes mad money. Yeah. in, in uh, Labor Day. Uh, That's the same. Of your book. I'm going to say <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's the name of my rap album. Or um, <laughs> the possession. I'm going to say number one. Possesses million. the box office. <laughs> <laughs> makes the box office head spin. <laughs> <laughs> Audience say exercises the expendables. <laughs> Expendables possessed. Uh, the possession. I'm going to say 14 million. Number one, 14 million. And then, I, you know, Lawless seems to be off to a decent start, although. The Avengers but opening it, up, yeah, coming back out. I don't know, man. Lawless also, but Lawless seemed like it was going to open with ten or under, though. So um, I'm, yeah. What do you think? End of summer is notoriously slow time at the box office. There's never like a blockbuster released on Labor Day weekend, so it's. But how do you think Avengers will do? Oh, since everybody yeah, already saw it, it's it's, it's not going to seventeen hundred. Yeah, I don't think it's going to do anything incredibly special. Like you know, it, it maybe like honestly, like a third five, or fourth place. Yeah, yeah, maybe five million. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say okay possession number one fourteen million, um, and then I'm gonna say lawless second place. I'm gonna go I'm gonna say eleven million. I'm gonna go uh, amusingly enough uh, one below you on both of those and say possession thirteen million just because thirteen, okay. and then lawless with ten. Uh, how do you think? Uh, uh, Expendables two will do. Do you think that'll when drop to third place? Again? It made uh, fourteen. Made four, oh, made well thirteen point four. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's going to make eight. And, okay. and, and, and we're, are we guessing uh, through mo- through Monday because it's the long weekend? Oh right. Yeah, yeah we could do that. Uh, yeah, let's just keep. You know what? <laughs> I think these numbers will actually that, be. That, the that's, long that, that, that is what I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think yeah, these yeah. are the four day yeah. numbers. Um, okay, uh, I'm going to say. And that's the only reason I'm saying Expendables is going to be cushioned a little bit and not lose fifty percent. Is the long I'm going to say Avengers third place. I'm going to go ten million and wow. I'm gonna say Expendables two, fourth place with uh, with eight million. I'm going to say Avengers at, with five million. Okay. And you're an Avengers lover. I love. How do you that think movie. Oogie Loves is going to do? That will smash every record. Oh no, in demand. That it'll <laughs> Avatar. Well, you're going Avatar. Down. That's right. Uh, I'm going to say. I'm going to. I'm going to say that. Hey, tell like me what the date. Tell thing, me what like date that movie point. opens. <laughs> <laughs> this is another reason why you guys have to see the trailer. It opens <laughs> um, October. No, August. No, August twenty ninth. August twenty ninth. It's already right. playing. It is playing. <laughs> But Ugist isn't <laughs> over yet. <laughs> oh, so my God. See it. I might actually have to embed this trailer we into the We really podcast. should have run that trailer. Um, Is it not too late? Can we get no, that trailer? I'm, you know what? We need to do a retroactive all <laughs> yeah. things Ugilas. I, I think it's going to make, like, maybe $3 million, But who knows, who man? Knows? It's a it's a kid's movie. Yeah. It's opening up on uh, 2,100 screens. Who so you don't know. It, it could be the surprise hit of the weekend. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that'll about do it for this weekend's uh, podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you all next time.